All right, guys. Thank you again for tuning with us to our podcast, weekly podcast, setting our thoughts captive. I am Chitties. I'm Daytuan. And thank you for joining with us. And uh, hopefully, this is a blessing to you. Um, today, we wanted to do something different. Uh, sometimes we, I feel like I'm, I, I listen to our podcast, and some of the topics that we talk are really heavy you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. some of them are very doctrinal and then it takes a lot of effort and thinking and, and it's good it's good to think through that because you know we want to think everything every topic with the lens of scripture uh, but today we wanted to switch it up a little bit and take it a little bit more lightly and talk about how god's word has impacted our life in a sense that we want to talk about uh, a story in the Bible or a story from Jesus' life or in ministry that has impacted us the most or that, that we love the most, in a sense. And so, so there's so many stories to choose from, mm-hmm. right? And did you have struggle choosing this or you already had one in mind when we came up with this? No, I, I mean, I didn't have, I didn't struggle with it. I, I had something in mind. You had something in mind? Yeah. 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 Is, that, is that a story that you visit often or is it like something that that has impacted you the most or how did you come by loving this story the most just the background before we dive into this mm, i don't know i th- i think it was just from studying god's word and yeah. it just like it really stuck out to me yeah um and uh i mean Christ's response, but then also seeing how people are, mm. you know, um, and really the way people are uh, towards Christ, like who he is and um, who he says he is and and the things that he requires. So um, I think it just, I just really found it interesting. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? The the story that, that you're going to mention. <laughs> I, I it came from I've heard a sermon on this particular story so so many times I mean I listen to sermons all the time, but it hit me really well when I was reading the scripture like like verse by like like chapter to chapter mm-hmm. I was reading through this chapter and looking at the previous chapter mm-hmm. and coming back to this chapter that we're gonna talk about I was like man this is so wonderful like how. It was such an impossible thing for this person to be saved, but in God, this person got saved. Mm-hmm. And so it just it just hit me like it just hit me how God saves people mm-hmm. through this uh, through this story. And so that's why that's why I've been always uh, I've always loved it, and I oftentimes mention it in my preaching and stuff. So what what story is that? So the story that I have always loved is the story of Zacchaeus. Mm. And it's it's found in Luke 19. But before we go there, what really impacted me was Luke 18. Um, in Luke 18, there's a there's a rich ruler, right? Rich young ruler, who so go if you guys want to turn your Bibles to Luke 18, it's in verse 18 to 29. And I'll tell you why this this particular passage is so impactful to read, uh, so impactful and so important in order to understand the story of Zacchaeus. So here's a rich ruler who says, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. 
you know the commandments. Do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal, do not bear false witness, honor your father and mother. And he said, all this I have kept from my youth. This is what the rich ruler said. Right, so he's like, oh, I've done all this, all the works. So when Jesus heard this, he said to him, one thing you still lack, sell all that you have and distribute to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven and come follow me. But when he heard these things, he became very sad, for he was extremely rich. Jesus, seeing that he had become sad, said, How difficult it is for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God. Now, the wealth is not the issue, but the, for this rich young ruler, I mean, his love for wealth is the issue. He loved his wealth more than God, right? So he, right there, Jesus says, How difficult it is for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God. Now, how difficult is it? He answers it right there in verse 25. For it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. So that is impossible right there, right? And then verse 26, it says, Then those who heard it said, Then who can be saved? They understood it's impossible. No one can be saved in that sense. And then in verse 27 is the what do you call cream de la cream of this whole <laughs> passage. But he said, this is how Jesus answers, what is impossible with man is possible with God, mm. right? So right here, the premise, like right before Jesus goes and talks to Zacchaeus, is a premise where Jesus has told all these rich people, like, you know, it is impossible for you rich people to enter the kingdom of God because you guys love your wealth more than you love God. Mm. But at the same time, he has also said what is impossible with man, right? All our efforts, all our works, what is impossible with man is possible with God. Mm-hmm. And then we go to the next chapter and we see another rich man in, verse ni- in chapter 19. He entered Jericho and was passing through and behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was rich. Now here's another rich man. Again, impossible to enter the kingdom of heaven. And he was seeking to see who God was, but on the account of the crowd he could not because he was small in his stature. So he ran on ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was about to pass that way. And when Jesus came to that place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So Jesus looks him up. Jesus finds him. Jesus calls him. So he hurried and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all grumbled. He has, gone to the ge- he has gone in to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. As Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, since he also is son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and save the lost. Now that's, this verse is so... Almost like a contradictory to the other verse when you forget that cream de la cream verse where for whatever is impossible with man is possible with God, mm-hmm. right? Because for a rich man, it's very difficult to enter the kingdom of heaven. And, and, and oftentimes, we don't think ourselves as rich, but when it comes to the context of the whole world, we are rich. We are rich here in the United States. And, and I think about like how difficult it is for a rich person to enter the kingdom of heaven. It's almost impossible unless God does something. And, and over here, God calls Zacchaeus, and Zacchaeus finds something that is much more valuable to him 
than his wealth. Like for his money, his, his, and, and we can put fill in the blanks. Whatever is more valuable to us than God. When we see Jesus, is it more valuable or is Jesus more valuable to us? Hmm. And so, you know, the richness is not an issue. There are rich people in the Bible and that are godly, right? Mm-hmm. But there are rich people in the Bible that are also ungodly. And so when I look at this verse, the rich is not, rich, being rich is not a sin. Mm-hmm. But when you put, when you have more love for your richness and wealth, like the rich young ruler, then Jesus himself, then that becomes a sin. That becomes your idol. And for Zacchaeus, he found Jesus and every, nothing else mattered to him. I just love the response that he had. I mean, that's, that's, that's true faith putting in Christ. Like, Christ, I have found you as my Lord and Savior. Nothing else compares to you. Mm. Yeah. yeah. You know, the, I think what's, what's interesting about this story um, is that, like, obviously he's rich, right? Mm-hmm. But it... it it describes him as small in stature, so he couldn't even see Jesus among yeah. the crowd. He had to climb up a tree and hear Christ is passing by. But really, he in his passing, he's not going to pass Zacchaeus mm-hmm. up. It's like, Thank I you. actually move this way yeah. because I'm coming to get you. Yeah. And, you know, like he couldn't see Christ amongst the crowd. He had to get up in the tree, mm-hmm. but... But God saw him yeah. way before, Absolutely. even before that. But it's, you know, so maybe whatever, you know, it's kind of hard to, it's kind of hard to explain it in the sense of, especially with American culture, uh, just because, like, honestly, if you have a lot of money, right, it doesn't really matter how fat or how skinny or how big or how small you are. You can usually, if you have a lot of money, you can command a lot of power. Yeah. You know, but I think there's still something to be said too with, um, you know, just being small. Like I imagine in his life with him being small, there was a lot of times he was overlooked, Mm. you know, and even for him to, accumulate his wealth right yeah uh was he a tax collector yeah, he was a tax collector so uh, as a tax collector um how the jews viewed him yeah they didn't like him no they didn't like him they so hated now him. so he was rich but yeah. he wasn't liked and he was short mm-hmm. yeah and that's why they grumbled when jesus went to eat in his house right he's he's got a lot of things going against him but then I think I love, like, that's what Jesus says, for the Son of Man came to seek and, and to save the lost, mm-hmm. you know, and he was lost at, on top of that, mm-hmm. right, on top of all that. So if you were to give us, like, a, a takeaway from this, yeah. like, uh, my, what, what would be the takeaway? Uh, my, my takeaway would be like this, like, for Zacchaeus, Jesus was more worthy than anything else he had. Mm. So for Christians, uh, my question is like, is he worthy more than your sports, more than your relationships, more than anything else? I mean, Jesus says, if you want to follow me, you you have to deny your mother, father, relationships, even yourselves. Mm -hmm. And he didn't mean to say, go and dishonor your parents. What he meant to say is compared to your, your relationship with him, are you able to give away anything that you have compared to him, compared to what you have in him? For mm-hmm. Zacchaeus, he saw Jesus and he, he found Jesus as his supreme treasure, right? Something that, that he found so valuable that nothing else in his life mattered. Mm-hmm. Is Jesus that worthy to you? 
That's my takeaway. And that's why I, often when I look at this verse and I'll, I evaluate my life, and I evaluate the things in my life, I evaluate how I compromise Christ sometimes with the things that I like, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And it, it brings me, it realigns my desire according mm-hmm. to God's word and to really think about like, is Jesus worthy for my life? Mm-hmm. And what changes do I need to make? Yeah. Yeah. Um, cool, man. I. So that's that's my story. And so shall we transition? We're transitioning <laughs> to what is that one story. So uh, mine's is in John chapter six. Mm. This is when Jesus feeds the five thousand. Why did why did I already know that you're gonna bring something from the book of John? I, I think don't know. I, I, <laughs> I just had a feeling that your favorite story would come from John. But anyway, continue. So so I find this I find this this story very interesting because when you read when you read this whole chapter you like it almost doesn't make sense the people's response Mm. um you know so he's how was he how did he even have this huge crowd right so and you in the beginning of the chapter um it says, uh, verse 2, And a great crowd of people followed him because they saw the signs he had performed by healing the sick. Mm. And so Jesus has all these people following him. And so he then, again, wants to feed the crowd. Um, and so he feeds the crowd. And after that, this is where it gets interesting. Because it's like you, you heard of the one where he feeds the 4,000 and then he, and he feeds the 5,000, right? Yeah. And so I like this one because it gives you a little bit more on the crowd's perspective or how the crowd, how they really were, I guess. And I'll elaborate by saying this. So if you pop down to verse 14, after the people saw the sign Jesus performed, they begin to say, surely this is the prophet who is to come into the world. Jesus, knowing that they intended to come and make him king by force, withdrew again to a mountain by himself. Yeah. So here it is. Jesus feeds the 5,000. And then after this sign, the people's response is not necessarily to worship God but more so to take him and make him a king, mm. someone to lead the revolt yeah. against the Roman government. Yeah. Not someone who's Lord, right. not someone to be their savior, mm. uh, but someone who is going to really serve them in defying mm-hmm. the Roman government. Because mm. uh, you, you have to keep in mind, too, there was in certain I mean, there was unrest with the government there, you know, like, remember, um, the whole question about, um, I can't remember the exact question, but basically they, Jesus says, bring a coin to me. Oh yeah. What is to Caesar? Give it to Caesar. Exactly. Like there, there was these questions coming up and remember even, um, Barnabas, like when Jesus was, uh, getting ready to be crucified. Barabbas. Barabbas. I said Barnabas. <laughs> Barabbas, who do you want released? Mm-hmm. And they wanted Barabbas. But, and I think it's, it's held, the view is that he was leading a revolt against the Roman government. Mm. 
Like there is all this turmoil with the Jewish people um, to fight against the Roman government. So when Jesus comes uh, and they see some of the work he's doing, their response to him is not necessarily, oh, this is the king, this is the Messiah. Um, but more so, this is the king who's going to deliver us from, from the Roman government. And so it's it's so interesting that it says that they wanted to make him king by force. They wanted to enforce their will to be done and not God's will. Mm. So Jesus withdraws himself right to a mountainside. And this is also to the when he does this and he sends the disciples over. This is also the same story where Jesus walks on the water coming mm-hmm. to the, the disciples in the boat. But I'm skipping over that. Okay. Um, what I find interesting further down is when the people start looking for him again. So um, in uh, so verse 24, once the crowd realized that, Je- that neither Jesus nor his disciples were there, they got into the boats and went to Capernaum in search of Jesus. So they went looking for him. Like, where's the, where's Jesus at? Right. And when they found him, verse 25, when they found him on the other side of the lake, they asked him, Rabbi, when did you get here? (laughs) (laughs) Jesus answered verily or very truly in King James version, it would say verily, very truly. I tell you, you are looking for me, not because you saw the signs I performed, but because you ate the loaves Mm. and had your fill. In other words, Uh, And then he says, do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on him, God the Father has placed his seal of approval. He's saying, don't look for uh, something that's temporary, but look for something that's eternal. Go after that eternal thing. And, And I think a lot of times in our lives, that's what we're chasing after mm. to f- fulfill us, right? We want something to fulfill us that's only temporary. And Jesus says, uh, labor not for the meat that perishes, but for the meat that endures, which is that same verse. I think that's the King James Version I'm coming back to in my mind. But he's saying, don't seek after things that will that are temporary. Mm-hmm. Seek after me, which is eternal. eternal. And and even their response when they wanted to make him king, this was a temporary thing. Their response yeah. to him was temporary. And how many, how often in our own lives where we go after things that are temporary right. or view Christ in the light of receiving temporary things? Yeah. Our view of Christ is, oh, you know, give me this, give me that. But it's temporary, not give me Jesus. Right. Absolutely. Right. And so the story goes on and I and I like this because uh, listen to listen to the exchange now with uh, the people. They say in verse 28, then they ask them, what must we do to what must we do to do the works God requires? Sounds like a good question. <laughs> right. What do I need to do? Hmm. You know, and and some could argue, here we go with works based. Yeah. Uh, And then Jesus answered, the work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. Believe in me. So they asked him, what sign then will you give that we may see and believe you? What will you do? And right Mm -hmm. here is where you get that, 
you know, if you were watching the video, this is where the head cocks to the side yeah. and the color fades out and now it's black and white and you just have <laughs> this confused look. Yeah. It's like, did he not just feed the right. 5,000? You literally were following him. This crowd was following him because of all the signs right. he was doing. Yeah. So here it is. What sign are you going to do? Again, yeah. That should tell you they saw the signs, but they really didn't matter. No. And he says, a wicked and perverse generation ask for a sign. Mm. When, when you say, okay, I'm going to believe you, but show me a sign show first, a sign, yeah. you might as well just give it up. Yeah. So then, so he makes it harder, right? Oh, Okay. So I tell you, it's not Moses who has given you the bread from heaven, but it is my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is the, for the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Who is that bread? Christ. And then he goes, obviously talking about how you must eat my body and drink my blood, and this is a hard saying. Mm -hmm. And so, what Jesus does is he gets rid of these fake followers, yeah. right? He presents a word that's an offensive word that causes the crowd to fall away. Yeah. You know, but the true disciples continue on. I love this story because for two things, right? I, you see how fickle people can be in terms of following Christ. They're not really following him for who he is, but really what um, he can do to meet that temporary need versus the eternal need, the which is redemption, which is forgiveness, yeah. which is salvation, which is cleansing. They don't see any of that. And for me, I just, I just love this story because it, it, it really sheds light on the two groups of people. There's the ones who continue to follow him for the meat that endures, the right. meat that doesn't perish, which is him. Mm -hmm. And then there's the crowd who follows him, um, but they don't really follow him because yeah. they love him. Yeah. So and it looks like Jesus often weeds them out. I mean, yeah. I remember there's a crowd following and Jesus like deny yourself and carry the cross. I'm sure a few many people left. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like on that well, Luke 18, Jesus is talking to the rich person, like you know, sell everything and follow me. Mm -hmm. He left, right? And and people who are following Jesus for like uh, when you're mentioning that, like I see two things, right? I mean, I see Jesus who is eternal. Mm-hmm. And these people are wanting to be satisfied with meat and food that is so temporary. Mm -hmm. But he's offering something so much greater and we're satisfied with just minor blessings and signs. Yeah. 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 And, and right. They, that's what they want. But even it, when you really look at it, too, it's just like all the signs that he performed before this point, all of a sudden now they're null and void. No. Give us some more because signs. Some more, yeah. Like, absolutely. You know, so, and he, and the, it's, I think this also relates to your story, right? Because yeah. you have the, you have the, the rich man that comes to Jesus and what, you know, what must I do and da, 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 da. And then he leaves. Mm -hmm. And then Zacchaeus is up in a tree and Jesus comes to him. Mm -hmm. Here we have the crowd of people who are following Jesus and 
then he sees their desire and he withdraws himself away from them. Yeah. And then they come after him and then he pushes them away with an offensive message. Yeah. You know, and and like you say, he does this often. There was, the, you know, remember too where there was the crowd, but Jesus didn't commit himself to them because mm-hmm. he knew what was in them. Right. You know, and so we see this often Absolutely. where these people that come after Jesus, he rejects them mm-hmm. because what they want is not him, not him, but something else. Absolutely. And then oftentimes, even so, uh, sometimes as Christians, people fall into wanting Jesus' blessings more than he himself. Mm-hmm. And we want his blessings. We want heaven. We want prosperity. But we don't want him. Yeah. And you want heaven without Jesus. Without Jesus, <laughs> almost. Right. And so... It's 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 sad because what he has offered is himself to us, mm-hmm. and we are satisfied with like some temporary things, mm. and that that's a really good reminder for sure. Yeah, so I you know I I I think that's all I have to say, man. I yeah. think um, you know what's you know talking to you guys like what is one of your favorite stories in the Bible and and why. Yeah. Maybe you can share that with us um, through Instagram or however you would yeah. do it. Um, Facebook messages, Instagram, I don't know. I'm an email. Yeah, we would love <laughs> to hear your your favorite stories and, and be encouraged and challenged by Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Absolutely. But in both messages, one thing we've, one thing the common is that Jesus is the Lord. He is worthy to be praised and, and we should seek him. And we should desire for him to grow in him more than anything else. Mm. And 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 we get we get eternal life. I mean he, he blesses us when we do that. He blesses faithfulness for sure. Mm. Absolutely. Last thoughts? Last thoughts. Um, um my I, my last thought is like I see how Jesus pulls away from these people. But the ones that he's that he loves that are his, he actually comes and finds mm. them. And so, um, yeah, seek after Jesus, um, but also know too that God pursues you. Yeah, absolutely. If you are His, <laughs> yeah. Caveat. Yep, absolutely. There's no work like there. Like we can do to save ourselves, he has to do the work. Yeah. He di- he's done the work, and he's continuously doing the work of saving us. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. All right, guys, thank you for tuning us. And like that one said, share your stories with us. We would love to hear from you. We will see you next week. Peace. <laughs>